Welcome to Success is on its way to you. My name is Tracy Brunetto and I'm a Florida licensed real estate broker and the owner of House Hunters Realty Group. This podcast is meant for our realtors in training as well as realtors who just like to hear different perspectives on maintaining a successful real estate business. I want to thank you for listening and I also want to take a moment to thank our international listeners from France, Switzerland, Israel, and the UK for tuning in. I believe that the business practices I found to work here in the States most certainly apply to our global colleagues. So welcome. Now, let's get to our topic at hand today, which covers one of the most common questions and misconceptions I hear from new agents. How do realtors make money? Before we begin, let me say again that I am a licensed real estate broker in Florida, so some of the specific details that I talk about, especially in regard to licensing requirements, may not apply to your particular state. So it's always a great idea to direct specific questions to a broker in your local area. That being said, many states have similar structures for their real estate licensees, and of course, the day-to-day operations of real estate sales are fairly universal. Okay, so how do you make money? Well, first, in the state of Florida, you have to acquire your real estate sales associates license. In order to do this, you must complete a state-approved 63-hour pre-licensing course, pass the state exam to receive your preliminary license, and then within the next 18 to 24 months after that, you have to complete another state-approved 45-hour post-licensing course. From that point, you must complete required continuing ed courses in order to be eligible to renew your license every two years. In the state of Florida, it's unlawful to engage in real estate sales or activities on behalf of the public without possessing a valid and current license. So getting and maintaining your real estate license is step one to being able to make money as a realtor. Now, if you've ever been on the selling side or the buying side of a real estate transaction, you may remember seeing the portion of your closing statement labeled real estate commissions and noticed the amount of money that was paid to your agent. In fact, this is often what inspires someone to want to get their real estate license in the first place. You see how much money your agent made and you think, wow, you know, did you see that Sally agent received $5,000 for helping us find this house? And you think to yourself, you know, gee, she only took about, took us to see about 10 houses. So what's that? About five hours worth of work. And then, yeah, she might've come to the inspections and the appraisal and, That was probably another five hours and sent us some emails and came to closing. So like maybe that's two hours worth of work. I mean, I love Sally, but she, she made about $5,000 for 12 hours worth of work. So I'm sure that sounds familiar because myself included, that's what I thought the first time I ever bought a house and I wasn't a licensed real estate agent, and I looked and I thought, whoa, thousands of dollars, you know? And you think, gosh, I have 12 hours that I could give if I'm gonna make $5,000 for it, and I could even just work weekends and nights, and even if I sold only two homes in a whole month, we'd be rich, 
we'd be raking in $10,000 a month. I wouldn't even have to quit my current job if I only had to work 24 hours in a whole month. And so it goes until you're convinced that, you know, selling real estate would be the perfect part-time job and will not only make you rich, but will also be fun because how fun was it when you were out looking at houses with Sally? I mean, yeah, that was super fun. You think, I would love to spend my weekends looking at people's houses and making all this money. So unless you have personally known a realtor and seen the day-to-day operations, this easy money idea has probably entered your mind prior to getting your license. So let's talk about the reality of the profession. Once you get your sales associate's license, you have to decide if you want to work with the public. And by what I mean by that is you have to decide whether you want to work with the general public, helping them find homes or sell their home, or whether you want to go work with a specific builder or developer who is going to sell a specific inventory of homes, which is a little different. And we can go over that in another episode um, because the way of making money that way is much different from being a you know traditional realtor who's out there working with a variety of people in their market, selling and buy, uh, helping them to sell and buy homes. So if that's what you want to do, then you are definitely going to have to be able to access the database of all of the available homes in your market. And that's known as the MLS. So in order to get that access, you need to join your local board of realtors and you need to purchase a board approved lockbox key in order to open the doors on all of the active listings. This, in addition to your pre-licensing course, is your initial investment into your real estate career. But before you can even join the board, you have to join with a brokerage. In Florida and in most states, sales associates are not permitted to engage in real estate activities unless they are actively assigned to one licensed broker. This broker may be in charge of a small agency of agents or an agency that houses hundreds of agents. What type of broker you join with is your choice, and I suggest you talk to different types to find out which one is the right one for you. Your broker will in effect be the one collecting the money on all of your sales transactions, and they will in turn pay you your portion of each commission based on your contracted compensation plan, or otherwise known as your split. Splits vary from broker to broker. Typical splits are 50-50, 60-40, 70-30, 80-20, and even 100%, which means the agent receives the percentage on the front end of the split and the broker receives the percentage of the commission on the back end of the split. So a 70-30 split, the agent receives 70% of the gross commission and the broker retains 30% of the gross commission. But keep in mind, the higher your split, the less support you can expect to receive from the broker and the more overhead costs and fees you will be expected to pay out of pocket. Some brokerages charge monthly desk fees. and Some charge you just to be a member of their brokerage. So obviously, if you go with a brokerage that's offering you a 100% split, there's going to be other ways of them 
being able to earn an income for having you be one of their agents, which is going to come in the way of fees and other types of uh, transactional costs. So these fees are usually due whether you sell anything or not. So it really is important for you to do your research, talk to a number of brokers in your area before deciding who you're going to join. Now, once you've joined a brokerage and you've joined the board and you've gotten your MLS access and your lockbox key and your business cards, you are ready to start making money. But how do you do it? Well, you have to have some buyers and some sellers. So you have a few options of where to get those. Um, the best one is asking your personal family and friends if they want to work with you or if they know anyone who does. Then you can also go out and introduce yourself to people who are trying to sell on their own, otherwise known as FISBOs. You can approach them in person. You can send them direct mail. You have to be careful about calling FISBOs because most people nowadays are registered on the do not call list and you are not permitted to just call them to solicit their listing. So it's best for you to avoid, you know, extraordinary penalties to approach them in person or send them some direct mail about yourself. Unless they're not on the do not call list, then go ahead and call them. Um, <clears throat> you can also join a lead subscription service like Zillow or Realtor.com and pay for your personal advertisements to show up on their database of listings in hopes of receiving calls from the public. This can be a very expensive undertaking because you will be competing for what they call market share. And the way you compete for that is basically just based on how much money you spend. And you got to keep in mind that there are other companies out there with much deeper pockets who try to corner the market share of leads for their agents, for their large-scale brokerages. Uh, so, you know, again, this is an area where you really want to do your research, um, talk to other people who have joined these subscription services, ask them what their results were like, and don't be afraid to say, well, can, would you mind telling me how much money you were spending on that? You know, most people in our industry are very open to talking about uh, things like this, especially with regard to these lead subscription services. You can also um, send out direct mail or um, walk around a certain neighborhood, which we call farming, and get to know the people in that neighborhood, letting them know that you're a professional and that you'd love to answer any of their real estate questions. Another idea is to take out an ad in the local newspaper or advertise on social media or do Google AdWords. You know, there's all kinds of online venues. There really are a variety of ways to get your name out there. But the thing that you really need to keep in mind is that you have to do almost all of them. Getting your name out there is the only way to make your phone ring. And this not only is going to cost you money, but it's definitely going to take up the bulk of your time. So let's go back for a minute to Sally Agent and the $5,000 she made for working 12 hours on your transaction. 
Let's assume Sally is an experienced agent and therefore on a 70-30 split with her broker. Let's assume her brokerage is a traditional low-fee brokerage. Of the $5,000 in gross commission received from the sale, Sally received $3,500 and her broker retained $1,500. Out of her $3,500, she has to pay for her share of the brokerage errors and emissions insurance, which is typically around $100 per transaction size, and an administration fee, which is what the broker charges uh, in order to do administrative things for each of her transactions, such as file and store the documents for five years, um, and also for, you know, maybe ordering signs for Sally or updating the MLS listing for Sally, talking, answering questions for Sally, you know, during the transaction, whatever her broker offers, uh, this is kind of under the umbrella of admin fee. And this fee is typically about $250 per transaction. So Sally takes home a check for $3,150. Now you might say, well, that's still pretty good for 12 hours of work. It's about $262 an hour. But here's where things get a little bit difficult when you're trying to look at it in that way of uh, hourly, you know, hourly rates. What you may not know if you are new to real estate is that it takes an average of 100 hours of work to yield one closed transaction. No way, you say. There is no way Sally worked 100 hours on our transaction. Well, you're right. Sally wasn't working all of those hours specifically on your transaction. In fact, the majority of hours that a real estate agent works are not transactional management hours. What I mean to say is that you're not going to work 100 hours per transaction, but you're going to have to work 100 hours in marketing, promoting, educating yourself, and field work in order to yield one closed transaction. And it's closed business that you get paid for. So now going back to how many transactions you believe will make you wealthier, here's the formula to figure out just how many closings you're going to need and how many hours you're going to need to dedicate in order to get that many closings in your career. So in order to make $10,000 a month, let's assume the median sales price in your market is in line with the current national average of $230,000 and the average selling side commission is 3%. Let's also assume you're on a similar split to Sally at a similar type of brokerage. So you will need to close 24 to 26 median priced homes to gross $120,000 in annual income or in other words, $10,000 a month. Trying to think in terms of, okay, that's two deals per month, is a bit unrealistic only because real estate sales run in peaks and valleys throughout the year, and there will be some months you close zero to two deals, and other months you may close five to six deals. So when you're setting your goals and your income expectations, you want to do so on an annual time frame. If each transaction equates to 100 hours of work, 
and that's combining field work and desk work and the work done in canceled transactions, that is going to be 2,400 to 2,600 hours per year, which works out to be on average 46 to 50 hours per week. And you might say that during the slow months, I won't have to work that many hours, but the exact opposite is true. You'll actually work extra hours during your slow times on marketing and promotion and education so that you can continue to receive referrals and all of your remaining months won't be slow. So 46 to 50 hours per week is what you can expect to do and that is not a part-time job. And I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. In this business, you get out what you put in. If you really want to make a career out of real estate and you really want to increase your wealth, you can absolutely do so. You just have to be willing to put in the time and effort and you have to stay consistent with the time and effort that you put in. I hope that this episode has given you more concrete ideas of exactly how to spend that time and about how much time it will take in order for you to truly excel in your real estate career. For those of you who might still be thinking that you want to keep it as a part-time gig and that you really do want to just work, you know, 24 hours a month in addition to your full-time job, that's fine. You know, you can do that but you just have to let your expectations be in line with how much effort you are able to spend. So just do the math. If you want to work an extra 24 hours a month on real estate, then that works out to be 288 hours a year. So working backwards, you can expect that you're going to close two to three transactions a year. And that might yield you, you know, if you base it on median price homes that could yield you about $15,000, which is a nice bonus at the end of the year or, you know, vacation money. So you just have to decide what it is you want to do with your real estate license. And here's the truth. The truth is that most people who get their real estate license do not make more than $30,000 a year. You've heard the saying that 20% of the realtors do 80% of the business, and it's true. And the reason is that it's 20% of the realtors who put in a full-time plus amount of effort into building their clientele and their expertise. And those are the realtors who acquire true wealth and long sustaining careers in this business. And these agents, they also become masters of keeping their overhead costs down, of automating specific uh, services and selecting appropriate brokers. But those are the kinds of things that we can go over in other episodes. So thanks for tuning in today. I hope that I gave you some insight into how you will be able to make money in your career. If you have any questions for me, feel free to go to my website, househunterstampabay.com, and contact me, Tracy Brunetto, with any of your questions. I am happy to uh, help in any way that I can. Once again, thanks for listening, and I will catch you on the next episode.